You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Blumhouse After School Special? Hmm? In the 70s up to the 90s, ABC produced After School Specials, a series of television films usually dealing with controversial or socially relevant issues that were generally broadcast in the late afternoon and meant to be viewed by school-aged children, particularly teenagers. They were edutainment. Drugs are bad. Eating disorders are bad. Bullying is bad. Well... Unhuman opens with a Blumhouse after-school special, teeing us up as viewers to prepare ourselves to watch a very irreverent production mocking the old made-for-TV movies. Well, let's see if that's what we got. Wallflower Ever, played by Brienne Jew, doesn't have a place in her school life. She doesn't fit in anywhere, while her best friend Tamara, played by Ali Gayo, does. The two of them are crammed in a bus with a brain, an athlete a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. For a 4-H field trip to earn extra credit, that trip is quickly derailed when the bus careens into the woods in the midst of a zombie outbreak. Ever and her classmates are stranded in the woods. They seek refuge in an abandoned warehouse and a brain, an athlete, a basket case, and a princess, and a criminal are forced to work together to survive. I am TCD with the Screener Squad, and I am joined on this extracurricular activity by Ray... Hello. Tessa. Hello. And Marcos. Ahoy, ahoy. It's time to earn that extra credit. That's right. We're going to be immersed in slasher tropes. We're going to see some blood gushing. We're going to show some of you wallflowers the perks of being real flowers. And maybe, (laughs) just maybe, we will plant the seeds of friendships and bonds like braces. Try to keep it to a thunderous roar for this movie. We will get through this together. The PTA requires it. And I would like to say that one of my favorite things about movies of this caliber are the reviews, because feelings, even if just casual observations, can make for very entertaining reviews. So who would like to make keen observations first? <laughs> keen? I, I don't know how keen they're going to be, but um, <laughs> let me tell you, you know, I, I'm a fan. I, I love the zombie genre. I, I love horror in general. But of course, the zombies and you know, your undead have been well done to death. Uh, done to we, death, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then resurrected and killed again. Exactly. And so, when you do one, you have to either do it very, very well. If you're going to stick with you know some of the main tropes and everything that we're used to, you have to high, very high caliber. Or you got to surprise me with something new, something different, a twist or something I haven't seen. The thing about the first half of this movie is it doesn't do anything new, and then in the second half when they try that 
doesn't work either. And that's kind of the way yep. I feel about this is that neither half worked. I'm sorry. Right. What else would you have expected from the writer and director of Feast, Saw 4, 5, and 6, and 7, Feast 2, <laughs> Sloppy Seconds, Feast 3, Happy Finish, and Piranha 3, Double D? What else would you have expected? You know, I actually had fun with Feast and Piranha. This, not so much. I didn't see enough gore for this to be a Feast movie. Like, what? I no. didn't know that. True. <laughs> I actually expected better from him, seeing that the caliber of nonsense he's created in the past, especially something like Piranha Double, sorry, Triple D, whatever, <laughs> Piranha 3 Double D. I mean, that title alone tells you what you're going to get. This mm -hmm. tried to bill itself as The Breakfast Club meets Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like a 50-year-old tried to write The Breakfast Club meets Night of the Living Dead. There's a good zombie movie to be made of that, but you wouldn't know her. She's from Canada. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, this this if that was what they were going for, I don't think they quite got there. Well, well that's a good question. Who is this movie for? I could not figure out who the audience is for this movie. So when he wrote Feast, that was obviously for like young adult, teenager type, like that just want to see blood. I think he's still writing for that demographic, but he doesn't really understand that demographic anymore. Because this was not done very well with that audience in mind. No, I, I think you're exactly right. I think he thought that's who he was writing for. I think you hit the nail on the head. He's like, if I reference Fortnite, it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a Fortnite <laughs> There was. Oh. The tropes are thick here, even right down to 20-year-olds playing teenagers. Uh, one of you observed something about the main character and her mom. Same age looking about, yeah. One of the main <laughs> things that irked me about this was the music. Mm -hmm. Like, throughout, it just wasn't tonally matching what I was seeing on screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's like slow indie singer-songwriter rock songs to dramatic moments that so do not mesh. And vice versa. The fight in the bus is the worst music scene pairing I've ever seen, I think, ever. <laughs> it was bad. All right, the review over. <laughs> <laughs> review over, yeah. I hate to say it, but on top of that, I mean, you've got music that's distracting, and then you have camera and editing tricks that are distracting as well on top of it. Yeah, it didn't feel like the DP and the director were on the same page at all. Or the no. writer was on the no. same page at all. Because the writer and the director is the same person. I know. <laughs> well, then <laughs> the DP. <laughs> but there are these tonal clashes throughout it where it's, are we supposed to take this as this coming-of-age zombie survival, like something like Walking Dead Worlds Beyond? Or are we supposed to be looking at something that's like Shaun of the Dead, mm. that's supposed to be fun and, and ridiculous and almost mocking the tropes of this genre and just clashing constantly. Uh, not to complete, because this movie is not great. If that's the thing the audience is taking away listening to this review, there's that. When a movie's not good and you got to talk about the bad parts, I'll talk about, I guess, some of the good parts. There's pretty interesting ideas in here. I actually kind of like the twist at the end but it doesn't certainly really, certainly yeah it doesn't really pay off too well but it was interesting to see and i liked that the popular kids are kind of the good guys in this one as opposed to like it's it's always about the misfits mm -hmm. i thought that was an interesting way to write it and they sold that pretty well it's just there's parts of this that would be a good movie if you just take those parts out and then rework the rest of the script but I mean, they really just needed someone to edit the ideas. Uh, the, I think mm -hmm. something happened in the edit here. This is my guess. I think this movie ran short in its first cut. 
because there are some editing choices here that make the scenes run weirdly long and repetitive. And I think they wanted to extend this to the 90 minute runtime hmm. because I got some real teenage Zack Snyder vibes with the overuse of slow-mo, but not Snyder, more like House of the Dead, Uwe Boll kind of stuff. <laughs> but Marcos, you're not wrong. There is some good to be had here. I think some of the performances, I think the actors are really going for it. I don't think anyone in here is not trying their damnedest because none of these actors look familiar. Some of them have done like TV episodes here and there, but this is their first chance to star in a feature film and they are going for it. And I will give them credit for doing that. And I'll be with you on that, TC. I'll give them credit for doing that. But I had the same problem that Tessa did. Even watching them try their darndest, I just kept looking at them going, why are they in high school? I mean, not, <laughs> it's not the college field trip. I don't know. And it just, I, it bothered me so much because nowadays there are so many good younger actors out there. You don't have to do Romeo and Juliet with 30 year olds anymore because there are 14 <laughs> year olds that can handle that shit. And I don't, I, I, great. I give the actors, like you said, I give the actors all kinds of props for trying, but I just would have cast this younger. It just bothered me. Or aged up the characters themselves. Yeah. True. True. That <laughs> like, the other way. Why did it have to be high school? I mean, school is mm-hmm. school. Like, for it doesn't tonally change the movie that you're doing it for extra credit, whether it's college, high school, or middle school, depending on whatever you want to do. I guess the idea of getting laid would make this not middle school, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the actress that played Ever was really good. Brianna. Brianna. Brianna Chute. Yeah. She was really good. Um, however, the guy who played Danny, I feel like his initial like huge emotional outburst when they got to the warehouse was a bit much. And I was like, oh, he made some decisions. <laughs> he was going for footage he could put on his reel. You don't need to watch this whole movie. Just watch the scene where I really go for it. Yeah, he got super emotional and it was kind of I don't I don't know. Anyways, it's it's tough to do like dude ugly crying type stuff and it, it, it wasn't good i thought the the dude that plays the nervous friend plays nervous friend really well uh i forgot his name in the movie but the actor's called drew sheed nervous nervous friend one of the curly brown haired guys mm, okay <laughs> let's talk about the importance of casting people who all look different right as a dark-haired, curly guy, I feel like there's an overrepresentation of dark-haired, curly guys in this movie. <laughs> was he the D&D kid? I think his, he was yes, Steven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. None of them make an impression, and I don't buy a lot of their motivations. Like, they're acting well, but it was just they weren't written well. Same. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I would love to have seen this cast with these kids who clearly gave a shit with a better film. Because none of the characters in this, none of the performances in this struck me as offensive or bad or i actually thought these kids are all doing great yeah i wish they were in a better movie they deserve a better movie i can see how much they want this to be great i just don't think the director knew how to do such things god there's one shot where all the girls line up and it's supposed to be this sort of avengers moment (laughs) two girls who i don't even know where they came from they just reappear (laughs) out of nowhere Yes. And I could just hear the director behind the camera going, oh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. While I'm sitting here as an audience going, this is really dumb. I can't get into too much details because it's in the twist. But the whole point of the antagonist does not make sense. Like, we're going to teach them a lesson. What lesson? What is the takeaway, the end game from this? I, I don't know how. Yeah, it's hard to elaborate on it without giving away spoilers. Because if there is someone who might be interested, even after hearing our review, who wants to see this. 
There are some interesting choices made narratively that play out in the latter half of the film. Over-convoluted though they might be, (laughs) overwrought, they are some choices. (laughs) And then even for the protagonist, it's just like the character just snaps in the middle and is like, no, I'm done. And I was like, done with what? Like everything is going as good as it can up to this point. I don't yeah. understand. I don't understand. If you're going to be the last girl, if you're going to rise up and be the last girl who wants, who's the hero of this story, there's a path to be taken. And it felt like she just took a quick shortcut to the, all right, I'm in charge now. Yeah. She was supposed to be kind of like mousy and she like doesn't show a lot of skin. Like her thing was like she was wearing like a cardigan or something. And her friend's like, you should show off your body. You're cute. And, da, da, da. and she's like, no. And like that was her big like. I've grown as a person, and now I want to show more skin so the zombies will bite me. I don't know. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> For an R-rated movie of this type. This is R-rated? I thought maybe it was pulled back because it was PG-13. Gushing with blood, lots of F-bombs, and mm. weirdly, not that this is essential, but when you're playing with these tropes, and you just mentioned the skin in here, there was no sexuality to no. this movie. And if you're going to lean into the tropes so heavily, like the blood, like the gore and the cursing and the violence, it's strange to omit that sexy side of the story. Particularly because you have a character who, oh, I'm very conservative. I wear a cardigan even though it's 90 degrees outside. All right, now I'm in a tank top, right? I'm not trying to objectify these characters, but that is part of this genre. Let's talk about the practical effects and CGI. There was a scene with a arm that was looked like it was pulled from the halloween section of goodwill <laughs> oh i liked the the digital sparks that were created in the sword oh fight my God. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna use this iMovie plug-in and nailed it guys moving on what was up with the all of a sudden we had triangles everyone was in a triangle and then they were in a square we would there were some places where it was like somebody decided, ooh, I discovered PowerPoint, and I've discovered <laughs> that you can – ooh, things can star wipe. We can put things in squares, oh, and we, right. can, we can divide the screen in four, and, we, and they used every <laughs> single one of those all of a sudden. And I'm like, why? And it was all at the same time almost. <laughs> I, I, I don't get what – again, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm like, I think you were going for something specific. Comic book. trying to, yeah, comic book comic something. Comic book panels. But again, it, it didn't even put me enough in mind of that for me to think that. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm lost. I'm so lost. <laughs> <laughs> Not to just bag on this movie a little bit more, but I've never seen a more fake sword. Like the sword in uh, Game of Thrones literally wiggled and it looks more real than this one. Wait, which sword? <laughs> the one sword. Like, once the side character has it in the wheelbarrow and you see it in broad daylight, I'm like, wobble, wobble, you probably should have <laughs> cut that. I'm very proud of this prop, Marcos, okay? <laughs> you gotta get it on screen. You don't need to show off styrofoam. It's fine. <laughs> Alright, well, I do hate to sit here and just beat a movie to death. <laughs> so, why don't we segue ourselves into some final thoughts. Tessa, why don't you kick us off? I'm... Um... A big fan of the zombie genre, but I, too, have been suffering from burnout. And when I'm going to settle down for another, you know, undead film, I expect something either really good or new or different, much in the way of Ray. That's kind of where I'm at as well. This did have an interesting turn, but the execution wasn't great. 
and the writing wasn't great. This featured some decent acting. It just, it's tonally all over the place. The edit is weird. I mean, I could go on. I'm going to give this three out of 10 incel power fantasies. <laughs> Ray. Yeah, we're all on the same page. <laughs> we, we really are. I hate bagging on a movie so much because I know what it takes to make a movie, period. But this movie doesn't work in the first half. And then when you get to the middle and they go, ooh, here's what our twist is. Here's the something new. I got excited for a second. And then like Tessa said, it was not executed well. So I don't know what to say about this. And, I, and I'm not sure who to recommend it to because I'm afraid, of course, to recommend it to the rest of my horror buddies because I'm afraid they're going to be just as disappointed. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm going to recommend this, you know, hey, maybe it's the 13-year-olds, the 12-year-olds at the sleepover watching. I don't know that I can recommend it to them either. There's so many better movies I could start them with, you know, at their sleepover than this. So they didn't hit the after school vibe that TC was talking about, nor did they hit enough of the horror vibe that we all wanted it to have. So, wow. You know, I'm going to go slightly more than Tessa, but not much. I'm going to go four out of 10 glow sticks that appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> Marcos, go ahead. Not to beat a dead horse, but there's something interesting here. Uh, I am not on zombie burnout. I only saw two last year, and it was Army of the Dead, which is weird, and the Korean one on Netflix. Like, I have not, I've been kind of watching my diet of zombie movies. So, this <laughs> one was kind of interesting to see as something different. There's just not enough meat here. It's a half baked idea that never really catches its stride. Like, even worse for a zombie movie. I don't think there's one scene that you can, like, look up on YouTube and it's like, no, this is the effect that you need to see. This is the scene that you need to see. There's nothing memorable about it when it comes to that aspect, sadly, either. So, I mean, between that and the score, I'd probably just recommend it to, hey, man, if you have friends coming over, maybe throw it on in the background. That's it. Like, that's where it belongs. I'm going to give it 2 out of 10 not Aaron Eckhart's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to echo my friends here. Conceptually, I do think this is a good idea. A bus full of teens getting attacked in the woods that must band together to survive or die. Roll with the tropes. Have fun with it. Movies like Cooties or Jeepers Creepers comes to mind. Cool. It can be done. Add in gallons of blood. There is some fun to be had in this premise. We didn't get much of that. We didn't get any of that. The actors here are taking full advantage of their chance to star in a feature, and every one of them is giving it their all. So excellent work, gang. I want you to be in a better movie. Production design is actually pretty solid. The location and the costuming, nicely done. But a movie is a sum of all its parts, and while I can compliment the actors and the design and the premise, that's the extent at which I can compliment this movie. This feels like a straight-to-video flick from 1998. The editing is sloppy. It's not mocking or nailing the after-school special. It's not scary. It's not funny, even though it thinks it is. And when everything unfolds for the third act, it just feels like a bullied adult getting out some of their high school angst. And I don't like this. So I am going to give it two out of ten random, neat piles of bus driver drug paraphernalia that just happens to fall on the floor. <laughs> huh? I was going to say, what was the moral? If this was an after-school special, what was the moral? Exactly. It, there, it didn't hit again. 
but that yeah. was it. Yeah. That if you're put in life-threatening situations, you'll become friends with your enemies. That is. Oh. Mm-hmm. There you okay. go. Okay. <laughs> That's not bad. 